Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uctana, and today we'll be digging into how to read and understand the symbolic information in the Akashics. I don't know how many times I myself have gotten frustrated with spiritual messengers and their messages couched in vague imagery, hints, and symbols, which could mean anything, when what I want is a simple yes or no answer. And I'm not alone. It's the same for my family and for our peers and the bigger spiritual community. So many times we're looking for a very important answer, and what we get is a picture or directions to a place which doesn't seem relevant, or we're given something that leads us to say, now what? We get shown a symbol but are left wondering what it means. We start to imbue the symbol with deep spiritual meaning, only to find it's actually a wordplay for something which makes us go, no, I should have known. Or we see the same pattern repeated over and over again, ranging from random circumstances to significant events in our home life and in our bodies, but have no idea why or what we're supposed to learn. It wasn't until I started working with the Akashics that I began to understand the nature of symbolic communication. For me, the aha moment came while reading a book in the Akashic Library. This wasn't a soul book or anything about people, but a book of ancient wisdom. Once opened, the left-hand page would be a picture, which was actually a portal into the subject matter. You could see into the 3D world there. You could let yourself fall in, a la Alice in Wonderland. You could participate with the image as if you were simply a tourist looking around at a museum exhibit. Or you could actually become part of the picture and be of it for a time learning the information or lesson being imparted by the page. Then you would be returned to your seat in the library once the lesson was complete. The right-hand page would be the written text concerning the picture to the left. While it wasn't written in English, I found I could read the text if I focused on the words, but only one line at a time would be translated for me. The experience was as if a bar magnifier were being moved line by line down the page for me, which magically translated each line, but left those above and below in the original language. Periodically, throughout each text page, I would come across words which were not translated and appeared to be letters typed over each other to make a large, dark blot on the page. When I peered at those closely... I would find that they were what I described at the time as nuggets. They were compact concepts no one word could define, no translation could unpack correctly, but when peered at, the entire meaning would unfold, and I would find myself speaking rapidly, trying to convey ineptly the magnitude of information being imparted to me through the linear form of spoken language. After several sessions of reading these pages and coming across nugget after nugget, 
it occurred to me I was reading pure symbols in their essential form. I seemed to be reading not the letters we put together to form the written symbol for chair, but looking directly at the essential chairness of chair, and being given all of the information about all chairs which have existed since the birth of the concept of chair. A nugget is, in its essence, a symbol. A symbol, not as we experience them, as inner things we draw or a picture to be looked at, but as an active living thing, existing without any reference to any other being, and yet interconnected with all things, therefore wishing to connect, to communicate, to be seen, and to be known intimately and completely. When we are not embodied, when we are our true and essential selves, we communicate in this way, in thought and emotion, in symbolic form, not in linear words trying to describe things through sound or visual cue, but through the essence of the thing itself experienced in all its nuances. We don't communicate a representation of a newly exposed red rosebud. We communicate the red rosebud in all of its unique, specific, iconic, spiritual, existential self, interconnected with weather, season, time of day, shade of light, and all other aspects of the moment experienced by that rosebud. Such is the nature, complexity, and depth of symbols. And this is why working with the Akashics, with dreams, and with our bodies, is such a unique and subjective experience. Symbols, by their nature, have general attributes. A square is a four-sided object. A sphere is completely round. A chair has legs, a seat, and a back. Hands grip things, and feet support things, just to point to a few examples. However, this is not all they contain. Each expression of a symbol is an example of both and. They contain both the general symbolic information and the specific information concerning that particular symbol and all it is interconnected with which is why dream interpretation books seem to be full of interpretations which miss the mark, why some people fall head over heels for one person's interpretation of the universal hero's journey and others are repelled by it, why some can go to a myriad of healers and know what they say is true and not yet the answer to the problem, and why ten different astrologers can come up with ten different readings from your chart. When it comes to your dreams, your body, your journey in the Akashics, the nuggets you're being given are about and for you. They are packed with tons of meaning on all levels. That meaning is for you, about you, and specific to you. This doesn't mean you shouldn't seek out help and advice when you're seeking answers. We all need help in that area at times, including me. This just means you're the only one who can know if the advice and support being offered is correct. You're the final arbiter of the meaning in the message. 
So many times I hear reports from students and clients about their Akashic experiences, about their current personal experiences, and about what they're looking for. And in all of this, they not only relate the details, but they give me the meaning, even though they have questions about what it all means. They relate that this and this and this happened, and it's all connected to my current relationship. Or I saw this and this, which is connected to my enjoyment of family, even though I don't enjoy my family at all because they're a nightmare. And this over here, this is about the career I'm supposed to have someday, but I can't tell what it is. In these situations, one of the first things I do is start questioning them on how they're sure they know the meaning of these things, events, and experiences. To which they have no reply because they don't know. Instead of being open, taking in the experience without labels, and allowing the wisdom to unfold, they're rushing from one event to the next thing. Instead of stopping to investigate or ask questions, you know, stopping for directions is supposed to be a good thing, they have usually allowed their logic brain to immediately associate the experience with known symbols, issues, pieces of their identity, so as to, all in one action, label them, make them known, control them, categorize them, and therefore make them irrelevant, or at least minimally impactful. Most of these conversations start out as a supposed means for the person to simply confirm what they already know and understand. But why confirm something they already know when they're asking for new information? Why would the Akashics go through the effort? Unless these things are not what they've been labeled. In fact, most of the time, when I go back over the experiences, the images, the symbols with the person, just a cursory glance says they're not what has been assumed. There's usually a ton of detailed information, which is not only a response to the seeker's request, but new learning, which goes far beyond what they were aware of and opens new paths for them to explore so they can start opening up to a new way of being in the physical world. What I recommend to all my students is instead of looking for a one-dimensional answer or assuming you understand the answer that's being given so you can shrug it off and move on, when asking a question, listen to the answer you receive. It could be the key to everything. There are plenty of books out there on dream interpretation, some better than others, although you never know which one will have the key to unlock the mystery you've been trying to figure out for so long. When I'm working through something, I'll sometimes cruise the bookstores going through sections which I think might have something that can help me, and I've found books I would never think to pick up, let alone buy open to the one page which has relevant information for me. Irony. Concerning body symbology, I've so far come across only one book I find helpful, and that's Your Body Speaks Your Mind by Deb Shapiro.
I'll put a link to this in the description for this podcast. I recommend it for anyone with chronic ailments, repeated injuries which seem too synchronistic, or an interest in learning more about the way our bodies attempt to speak with us for our best and highest good. So what's a person to do? How do you start figuring this stuff out? The key to working with symbols, I've found, is not to think of them as a collection of things, like an encyclopedia of all symbolic forms, which you need to learn from A to Z, but as a means of communication, which provides you the high-level overview, the mid-level action plan, and the intimate experience of the symbol all at once. They show you a pattern, explain to you how the pattern is or can play out in a practical way, and point to your personal experience or the unique relevance of the pattern in your life. For example, arthritis is usually a symbol of anger turned inwards, which becomes impotence, which is the high-level symbolic pattern. Arthritis develops over time, causing pain, limiting mobility, robbing joints of their primary function, warping them into unnatural shapes which serve nothing other than to halt motion, which points to a pattern of choices the person will have made in life over and over, choosing to turn inward with rage until the life becomes crippled and seemingly immobile. Arthritis in the body develops in specific, symbolic ways, to display the direct effects of each choice in the person, on the soul, and its expression, the body. While each person who experiences arthritis will find similarities between each other and their conditions, each of them will perceive the message differently, because for each of them the symbolism is a personal, intimate message written to themselves, asking, when will it be enough. When can the destruction stop? Once you learn or remember how to communicate this way, you've unlocked the door to an Akashic life. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be looking at how to use the Akashics to review what the takeaways are from this year and to prepare for 2017. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. Thanks. Bye.